0: This is the Bob McCown podcast brought to you by Bett Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sports book app today. End of another busy week, Richard. And we didn't uh, throw too much hockey at you, if any, if I recall. Uh, uh, trying to be nice. I'm not trying okay, to much. get it. All- but just for the record, we are, I think we're going all hockey next week. Just uh, yeah, Darren not- Millard is going to join me and uh, it's uh, a precursor to a uh, hall of fame week. And we're going to talk to a couple of guys going to the hall of fame and Analyze everything that's right and wrong with the Maple Leafs, the Edmonton Oilers, the Calgary Flames, and talk nothing but good things about the Vancouver Canucks. So It'll be a, it'll be a fun week next week.
1: John, how today, soon we you take forget- a look at the NFL. John, we had Mark Mulboy. How soon you forget? We talk ton of hockey. Old school hockey.
0: I'm going to say this. It, there's lots of people that will listen today because we're talking NFL. But if you have an hour and you, you don't look and say, "Oh, there's you know two old guys in dights talking hockey." The Mulvoy show is as good a show as you're going to have. It is a fun listen. He yeah. he he talks about things that most Canadians understand. Yeah. It, it, he and he's a cool guy too. Mark Mulvoy is a cool guy.
1: I mean, the fact is, John, that like, there's just literally like a handful of people on Earth who could talk about covering hockey in the Soviet Union behind that curtain when marked it like that's why it's interesting is because we just don't have many people who could literally talk about that on the planet and that was great i thought it was really interesting
0: and, and by the way an american talking about covering canada's team in the Soviet Union, so that to me was oh, yeah.
1: he, not only is he an American, he's a Bostonian man. They're their own like unique little brand of America.
0: Well, I think they're they're you know if you spend enough time in the Maritimes, they think the people in the Maritimes think Bostonians are kind of like Canadians too. So it's all right. A little, it's good a little bit. So the NFL week has started. Last night, uh, Pittsburgh beat uh, Tennessee on the last minute uh, or a last quarter uh, drive by a team that I, I just don't know where the offense comes from, although they were they were good last night, are good enough to win. Um, but we're going to talk to Trey Wingo from Maui, where he now lives, uh, about this week and some of the great matchups and some of the great storylines after the trade deadline, after the firing in Vegas uh, with the NFL season. So that's Trey Wingo with Richard Deitch and me on the McCowan podcast after this.
2: Hi, this is Bob McCowan for betrivers.com. Hey, if you're looking for a sports book or casino app, you should check out the BetRivers Sports and Casino app today. Play all of your favorite casino games for real money anywhere and anytime. Plus, get in the action with each sports game with hundreds of sports betting options. And get ready to feel like a VIP, because you'll earn both loyalty-level points and bonus store points on every real-money wager you make. You must be 19-plus, available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 or speak to an advisor free of charge. BetRivers.com. It's the Friday edition
0: of the McAllen Podcast. Richard Deitch in for Bob this week. And Joined by Trey Wingo. Aloha, Trey.
3: How are you guys? Good to be with you.
0: Great to uh, see you uh, one more time. Before we get into looking at uh, this weekend and some of the big games, including one of the biggest games actually going to happen in Europe as opposed to uh, North America or the United States, um, your reaction to the dismissal of Josh McDaniel in Las Vegas?
3: Um overdue I I guess is the is the best way to describe it I mean you know nine and 16 there um you know this two years ago this was a team that won double digit games and almost beat the Bengals in the in the playoffs in the wild card um and it's been an abject disaster ever since um you know Josh is one of those guys that I think will always be thought of as a really good offensive coordinator and a really bad head coach and um you know, it's it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world, but he clearly whatever those things are that need to be translated from being a guy in charge of one side of the ball to being basically the CEO of a football team has have hmm. not worked for him in any way, shape or form, whether it was in Denver or when he spurned the Colts uh, right. to go back to New England or in Las Vegas. I, I'm not sure he'll ever get another opportunity. Well, it,
0: it, it enlighten me. um, because I, I, I'm a simplistic guy. Uh, they hire McDaniel and next thing you know, Derek Carr is in New Orleans. It, 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 are, are those two things joined at the hip?
3: Well, certainly their quarterback play has not been great. I mean, like, you know, uh, in that in that loss the other night, uh, Jimmy G did exactly sort of the thing he did against the Lions that he did against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. He had Devontae Adams wide open for a couple of touchdowns and flat out missed him. You know, in Super Bowl 54, Jimmy had Emmanuel Sanders behind the Chiefs secondary when they were down 24 to 20 in the waning minutes of the fourth quarter, wide open for a touchdown, and he missed him. Look, I'm, it's not just Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, but he's he's certainly not helping the situation, and you have uh, a million other things that have gone wrong. I mean, the Raiders organization has, just, outside of that one year where they got mm-hmm. into the postseason with Rich Biasaccia taking over for the fired John Gruden who caught a stray from the than Washington football team's investigation uh you know it's it's been a really bad situation for the Raiders and it looks like it's gonna need to get a little worse before it gets any better
0: so uh, you, you brought up the other team I wanted to ask you about before we look at look ahead and that's the Washington commanders yeah. who, who I guess are is, is this a retooling now when you get rid of your <laughs> new best defensive players what do you call this
3: uh, I call it being honest. They said uh, they actually said, you know, look, depending on how this game goes with the Eagles, uh, we'll determine what our future is. They lost to the Eagles and boom, everybody's gone. Montez Sweat <laughs> goes here. Uh, you know, Chase Young goes there. Uh, at least they were very upright about it and honest and, you know, forthcoming about it. But yeah, there's no other way to look at it is is like, OK, you just lost two guys in the prime of their careers that you thought you're going to keep one. So you could pay the other or get rid of one. So you could pay the other. Uh, mm-hmm. And they instead lost, uh, lost both of them. And I,
0: I'm not as much concerned what it does to the bears. Cause the bears are an afterthought uh, this season again, but what does this do to the 49ers?
3: Well, first of all, before we move on to the 49ers, I do like this move for the bears because it's setting oh, no, up. I'm for not, them I'm, not, the yeah. I'm, not yeah, yeah. I'm not disputing yeah. that. I'm not, I'm not disputing
0: it. I'm just talking about the immediacy of, what's yeah. supposed to happen now uh, i mean chase young doing what he can do for the 49ers is going to be a huge bonus for a team that's struggled the last couple of weeks
3: yeah they've lost three in a row i mean that their their defensive line is just stacked now and you know <laughs> as 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 much as people are complaining about the offense the last two weeks and the struggles with Brock Purdy you know i look at that team and i see a 49ers defense that has players and playmakers on every level and their pressure is just not getting home. They didn't get to Kirk Cousins on that Monday night game. And that's why uh, he sort of carved him up. And they certainly couldn't get to Joe Burrow. It looked like the Bengals knew where the pressure was coming from. And you know, one of the things that's really interesting in that situation is that the players are essentially the same as a year ago. In fact, you could argue with before the season when they picked up Hargrave from the uh, mm-hmm. from the Eagles, the defense got even better. But the defensive coordinator changed. D'Amico Ryans is now running the show for the Houston Texans and doing a really good job there as the head coach. So you bring in uh, Steve Wilks, who's you know, he's been a really good defensive coordinator during his NFL career. But if you're a player in that locker room and we're like, wait a minute, we're still here. The only thing that changes the guy that's running the thing, that's when players sometimes tend to say, okay, what's going on here? And Kyle Shanahan himself uh, even called out Steve Wilks uh, a couple of times, especially of that zero blitz that ended up with the uh, interception right before the half. Or the touchdown, rather, right for that, that looked like it was an interception against Minnesota. So, you know, when, when those things happen, there are people grumbling, well, it's not us. So, what can it be? And that's the situation where San Francisco's got to get control of that now. Um,
1: so, you know, Trey, what's interesting to me this week, I mean, there's a lot of interesting games, but the Chiefs Dolphins is particularly yeah. fascinating that this could be an AFC championship preview. The game mm-hmm. is in Frankfurt, Germany, which in itself yep. is kind of mind blowing, right? And it's a 9.30 a.m. Eastern time game on the NFL network. If the NFL obviously had their druthers, you know, this is 4.25 p.m. on Fox or CBS. I wonder just for you, um, just in you know the course of your football career, very rare, right, to have a game of this kind of magnitude in a very, very unconventional setting.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, like, you know, when the Jags and Bills played earlier this year in London, it was the second of back-to-back games for the Jaguars. And, you know, the stat was, these are the two teams that are played in more London games than anybody else. Right, because they were terrible for most of those years, and we were pushing them off, right? We, you know, people started calling Jacksonville the London Jaguars, you know. If we're like, Let's send them to London. Let's keep going to London. But but right. what you saw last year was the remarkable response to that game in Germany, or two years ago, when the Bucks played, and how right. amazing uh, the, the reception was. was! The crowd was right. insane. Was. And you know, you guys remember the old World League of American Football. You know, Germany was basically the the Rhine Fire. You know, the Frankfurt Galaxy. You know, the uh, half the league was in Germany. So I think this is kind of a push by the by the NFL to really explore that market. But I agree with you. Like, first of all, not not for all the things you just said. This was a home game, this is a home game for Kansas City. It would be Tyreek Hill coming back to Arrowhead to play where he, you know, he won a Super Bowl and had all that success and then they got rid of him last year and boom they went on and won the Super Bowl again. There's a lot of things that that would have made this a better game uh at a different time in a different country. Um but I think <laughs> this is this is a push by the NFL to say, "Hey, we want we want to keep we want to keep uh Keep channeling, and and that that market we think that is a very target-rich environment in Germany.
1: Yeah, I I mean, listen, I don't know how long it'll take, but if you told me in ten years the NFL is a franchise in Germany, I wouldn't blink. I, I could I could absolutely see that. The thing about this game, though, you know, there's a couple of, like really significant sort of plot lines. One, what's Patrick Mahomes' health, and if he was yeah. really sort of uh, flu-ridden last week, traveling across the globe, not exactly like the the you know the the way you'd want to plan it, although obviously these guys have the best medical personnel in the world and he'll get fluids. So that's one. And then two, you know, the thing about the Dolphins of course, is you have a controlled environment, right? Trey, like your warm environment, they're a much different team than we saw this even when they played in, you know, in Buffalo, it's hard for them. So I think I'm really curious. One, I'm going to be curious to see how Mahomes' health is. And two, I do think for the Dolphins, it's a pretty good, you know, like it's, I would rather play weirdly enough in Frankfurt, Germany than an Arrowhead stadium that's my that would be yeah. my reference about you know
3: yeah i think you might be right there Let, let's deal with mahomes first i think he's going to be okay um you know it was a thing that went through his family and you know, the kids get it at nursery school and then the parents get it and it really right. hit him hard saturday into sunday he he just didn't look right sunday at all i'm not making any excuses they had five turnovers he had an interception and a fumble um i think i think his health wise is going to be a lot better uh, i think he should be prepared and ready to roll um, I will say this. The only team that can beat the chiefs is the chiefs. I mean, I have been saying that for years, five turnovers in that game, and they still had a chance down 14 to nine with the like, nine to go in the fourth quarter. And Hardman muffs a punt inside the 10 yard line. And that set up what was essentially the game when he score, you know, Skymore dropped a fourth and two touchdown pass that Patrick threw in his hand. So my, I'm not overly concerned about Kansas city because the chiefs will eventually find a way to win. And let me just give you a quick number here over the last two seasons, uh, 2021 and 2022, the Chiefs have lost exactly two games, regular season games, in the months of November, December, and January. And those are both games in, in Cincinnati to the Bengals. So this is the time where they put it all together. This is what they do. They go on these runs and they don't lose much in November, December, and January. The Miami Dolphins thing is interesting because you know we're putting up these points of Palooza, all these numbers and all this stuff. And then they played two good teams and they got beat by two good teams. Buffalo just waxed them. And obviously there was a the, the sort of the brawl in the Sunday night game against the, the Eagles for all the things that have gone great for Miami. There are tons of them. At some point, if you want to be taken seriously, you got to beat a team like Kansas city. So, you know, I, I think we all know what Kansas city can be. And I think, you know, despite all their struggles, I think they're going to be right there in the end when it's all said and done, I need to, we need to see whether or not Miami can step up, you know, from middleweight to heavyweight. And this is a real opportunity for them. By the way, it will be mid
0: fifties, and there's a very good chance it's going to rain all day.
1: Oh, so in in
0: Frankfurt, wow! So, okay. I was going to give you the Celsius number, but I thought in Paris <laughs> to Trey, I nice. thought I'd say mid fifties. Okay, so works for you know, me? I, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 now I, I'm I'm fascinated with the Dolphins because, as great as uh, Tua and uh, Tariq Hill have been, can they run the ball well enough? Is that, their, is that their biggest issue?
3: No, I think their biggest issue has been defense. And luckily, uh, okay. which I thought was really weird, because uh, you know they got Vic Fangio, uh, who has been a longtime defensive coordinator in the NFL and done a great job, but their defense has been shredded. Uh, and now they they are they are getting Jalen Ramsey back in interception against the Patriots, and that's certainly going to help them. But the defensive side of the ball has has really been the issue uh for Miami you know they had the the rookie Devin Achan who was running great and then they got Raheem Mostert he's doing fine they're running their their running game is plenty good enough the two the two problems for the Dolphins right now their offensive line is banged up it got even more banged up against Philadelphia a couple weeks back so there's there's sort of a patchwork offensive line which is tough against a, a good front seven like Kansas city and their defense just has not held up there into the bargain. Now, you know, with, with Ramsey back, I think that's going to help a little bit, but any dolphins fan would tell you, Hey, I'm not worried about the offense. Our defense has not played nearly as well as it should. One of the, uh, I mean, a real
1: game of significance, obviously for our audience is uh Buffalo bills versus Cincinnati Bengals. Um, that feels mm-hmm. like such that feels like such a magnitude game for the Bills more than the Bengals. The Bengals look like they have found it. And you know, if Joe Burrow stays healthy, there's no way that team's not in the playoffs and I think they will be dangerous, but the Bills trade feel like they're at the fork in the road in terms of where their season is going to go. Everybody knows about the significant injuries that have happened on defense. They just added a cornerback. So that's, you know, that I like that trade, but they've been very, very frustrating for their fans. And I feel like, you will find out a lot about the 2023 Buffalo Bills this Sunday. This feels like the the game the game that sort of. I'm not saying they wouldn't make the playoffs, but I feel like this game will really tell you if they're a legit Super Bowl team or not.
3: I think you're. I think that's accurate because a healthy Joe Burrow looks like Joe Burrow again. What a shock, right? Like that game against San Francisco, the calf was not an issue for him. He was pushing the ball deep. He was able to run. He freely. was running
0: the ball. He was yeah, running that, the ball.
3: Which which he hasn't done all year. Something's not right in Buffalo, and I can't put my finger on it. Um, obviously, you lose Matt Milano. You lose Tredavious White. Von Miller's a shell of himself. Those are still, those, those things are obvious. But you know, let's go through their last four games, right? right. Um, they, they go to London, and granted, it's a huge advantage for Jacksonville because they were there two weeks in a row, so they lose that one. Fine. That's a good team. They come home and get shut out for three quarters against the New York Giants. They get yeah. shut out for three quarters in Orchard Park by the new york giants for squeaking out a win there and they really needed a a, a non-call on what looked like a pretty clear pass interference in the end zone uh yep. to to squeak away with that one all right uh then they fall flat again uh against the new england patriots i'm sorry that can't happen and even the thursday night game all right they won it right it was great but what they should happened put at that the game end? that game should have been a 20 point game that's exactly right. They played with their food. And at the last second, if Chris Godwin turns around, he makes he's open for a, a, a you know, and a hail Mary potentially gain time with a two point conversion, uh catch and a, and a, a going overtime. So there's something is not right in Buffalo. And I don't know what it is. Josh Allen was running more in that game, which is great. Let Josh be Josh until you get hit one time and then you're in trouble. Um, it's just, for all the success that Buffalo has had in this sort of rebranding of the franchise, they have one AFC championship game appearance to show for it. And I think anybody would say that's not enough. And you, this is a real litmus test for Buffalo is whether they're going to be up there with the Chiefs and the Dolphins and the Bengals when it's all said and done.
0: One, thing, So there's two, 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 two things I just – Richard, if I just like want to jump in because there's two things on the Bills – a situation listening to brandon bean this week they are still not happy having gone to london they're still yeah. get, we, over, you know, it. get no, over it Yeah, but it, it yeah. seems to be the, th- the theme the last four weeks no matter what happens well you know what it all started in london with all the injuries and everything that mm. happened away from the field as well remember they this is a team that lost a couple of executives yeah and a bit of a soap a opera i mean it's it's a strange thing uh and, and the other thing is there's going to be a distraction about demar hamlin there is yep. going to be a distraction uh, with with everything that happened the last time the Bills yep. were in Cincinnati. So it, this is going to be a difficult weekend for the
3: Bills to get over. I think in so many ways. Well, listen I, it, it, for Brandon Bean to say that. Like you can think that, but what good is it to speak it into new existence? Like I don't I don't understand that at all. Uh, and it, you know that's the that's the mindset to me of someone who's looking for an excuse. I'm not saying he is, but why would you bring up something that happened four weeks ago? What what good does it do you to say, well, you know, it, it really back there? That back there is back there. It's irrelevant. It's yeah. gone. It's you can't do anything about it. The only thing you can do about it is what's in front of you. I I find those I find that to be somewhat curious. Yeah. So
1: the, so the two the two things I was saying on the bills is one, you know, the 13 second game against Kansas City. They've really never recovered from. No. Nope. Um, some ways, but here, here's the thing, and I'm with you on this. Um, Given the given the injuries to the defense, Trey, the way they can get deep in the playoffs, if you even believe it, is through their offense, right? Like, that, they're going to yeah. have to outscore teams. And that's what's been just beyond puzzling this year is in many games, like, Gabe Davis doesn't exist or isn't a factor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they seem committed to the running game. And I like James Cook. I think he's pretty good back. But then they go away from that. Josh Allen, as you said, early in the year, The sort of the old Josh Allen, he got understandably really criticized for some bad plays. And now he's really being conservative. And then lastly, and I don't know how you fix this. It just seems like Dorsey, Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator and Josh Allen are off all year. And so if you're a bills fan, I think you just have to hope that somehow, and this is where if they could beat the Bengals, like it would be a galvanizing win. But I feel like as someone who's watched this team, you know, we get the bills all the time up here. Right. Th- they need like a 41, 24 game. Like they need like that old offense to sort of come back. And the question is like, can it, Um, I do think they got enough skill positions to make it happen, Um, yeah. but it just hasn't happened. The offensive line is probably the best line they've had in a long time too.
3: Yeah. The, the problem for Buffalo this week is the way to sort of beat Cincinnati is to get to Joe Burrow and you know, the patchwork yeah. offensive the line. Since, from- yeah. The patchwork yeah. offensive line for, for, uh, for the Bengals is there is going to be their Achilles I believe at some point um but you know with all the losses on defense can they can they find a way cuz you could if you listen the the Bengals have have had offensive line issues for 3 years now and they've overcome a lot of it to get to a super I mean they lost they won a playoff game where they sacked Joe Burrow 9 times in Tennessee okay 9 times you sacked the quarterback 9 times in a playoff game you should win by 30 Yet somehow the Bengals uh, lose by 30. Uh, somehow the Bengals found a way to win that game, you know? And, and so uh, if, if I don't know if Buffalo has the defensive uh, war daddies, to use a, a Mark Flaherth-ism, uh, to get to Joe Burrow. Because that's the best way to shut down that offense, is to get through that patchwork offensive line.
1: That's where, that's where the whole – this is – and you just mentioned it earlier in the podcast. This is where the Von Miller thing comes yep. back big. Is because they mm-hmm. thought at – probably by this point, right, the Achilles – um, he'd be past the Achilles and he'd be one of the better pass rushers in the league. And so far he's been non-existent.
3: Yeah. He doesn't look like the same player. You know, you go back to the the game against the Patriots. There was a play where they were in a hurry up situation. New England was and Vaughn looked like he was limping a little bit and couldn't get off the field for two more plays. I think he only played six plays in that game. So whatever the issue is, is still lingering with him and whatever they were hoping he would be coming back from the Thanksgiving injury a year ago, it it he it's just not there yet. It's just not there yet.
0: You know, it, it's fascinating. We've talked about two games, um, obviously big games, uh, in my mind. The one in in Frankfurt between the Dolphins and the Chiefs and and the Bills and and the uh, Bengals. But Dallas is playing Philadelphia this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I
3: mean,
0: and it might be the biggest and best game of the weekend. Period. I mean. Well, it that, it it should it, that is a heavyweight fight trade.
3: Oh, listen, and this is the real chance for the Cowboys to say this is who we are, right? Hey, good, you beat the Rams, cool. You find a way to beat the Chargers, you always find a way to lose. But this is um this is this is where the Dallas Cowboys need to step up and, and sort of need to find something. And I want to find this for you because I think it's fascinating. I think right now the um the uh, Eagles are in the midst of what is going to be the sixth toughest stretch of six game stretch of the toughest six games for any team this season. I think they get the Cowboys. Then there's a bye, Then they get the chiefs. Then they get the Cowboys again. I think the jets are in there. It is a, it is a brutal schedule coming up for the Philadelphia Eagles over the next six games. So, you know, they've been seven and one, and they have the best record in football. Jalen hurts is limping out there a little bit. I don't, he can say everything's fine. You can see him when he's on the field he is clearly laboring with that knee issue. Uh this is a real opportunity for Dallas who is well by the way Dallas has won 11 straight games at home, longest active streak in the NFL. Uh and this game will be will be uh, in Jerry world. So this is a real opportunity for Dallas to, to sort of plant their flag. And remember no teams repeated in the NFC East since the Eagles did it four years in a row. I think the last time they did it was 2000, 2003, 2004. So we've gone through this incredible stretch where nobody is repeated as NFC East champs. This is a real opportunity for Dallas to, to stake that claim and move into first place in that division.
0: Yeah, just to help you out and back you up here, it's uh, Philadelphia's next six games are Dallas, Kansas City, Buffalo, San Francisco, Dallas, Seattle. Brutal. So- Brutal. <laughs> And and the and the only gift they get is on Christmas Day when
1: they face the New York Giants.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's that, that. Hopefully, by that time they won't need the game. Let's put it that way.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although you know, again, it, that's a brutal schedule, but they're an excellent team, and they you are. Yeah, they uh, they handle. You know, the team like um, you know, sometimes the NFL, Trey, you know this better than us, anoints a team that's going to be like the it team this year, right? And they put them on yeah. prime time games, and they end up. You mean praying. like the Jets? Well, I can't blame, you know, that's an Aaron Rodgers thing. But you know, the Raiders were that a couple of years ago and they totally like they totally uh they totally bit it. But the Lions have yep. absolutely confirmed what the NFL's hopes were. Um they've been excellent. And, you know, would I pick them in the Super Bowl? Probably not, but I think they're a dangerous team in the playoffs. I, what do you think of Detroit this year? Also, it's just great for those fans who've been waiting forever yeah. and they finally got.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, I think the last time they won a playoff game, we were in the Mesozoic era. Um, actually, that's not true. I think it's 1991. Um, it's just Bobby Lane or Milton
0: Plum. That's what I want. Yeah, exactly.
3: To know. Actually, it was. Um, oh, it was Eric Kramer. Who was that's the, right? The, a good was, old, C- a good,
0: a good old CFL alumnus. You know. That's, yeah.
3: You know, you gotta- um, their defense has been so much. Better this year, Richard, which has been the real turnaround for them because we called them the Detroit Lions last year because there was no D. Uh, and they've right. really, they've really turned that around. You know, it's funny though, it's almost like they should have blown out the Raiders on Monday night, but they made so many mistakes in the red zone and then the pick six and all that kind of stuff. It's like it was like the Lions were like, okay, we we you want the audience to stay around for a little longer on Monday night football. We'll, we'll keep it close. We'll keep it close. But they they've been a real, real good find. And you know, you look at their their draft picks, and some of the people were very upset with some of their picks. Uh, like the like the linebacker Campbell and Gibbs um and then the, this kid Laporte the tight end they they the top 3 picks of that this year's draft have been home runs for uh, for the Detroit Lions and Jerry Goff obviously is really comfortable in that system but most most importantly the defense was really bad last year and they're they're a quality unit this year
0: one of the other games uh, that's on the list uh, that uh, it might provide some interest too is Baltimore never gets very much respect these days. When you think yeah. about it, they're a really good team and they're, and they're going to get Pete Carroll's Seattle Seahawks. So that's, that's a five and two Seahawks versus a six and two Ravens. It's it, it could be fireworks for, uh, for Baltimore.
3: When you think about it. It is interesting too, because you know, what happened at the trade deadline besides, you know, the, the, the commanders getting rid of everybody is that Leonard Williams uh, leaves and goes to Seattle. Now, just Mm -hmm. in your mind, let's picture this. Would that trade have been made if the Niners don't lose a third straight game uh, this time to Cincinnati and an interception goes off Jamal Adams' helmet into the arms of one of those teammates that allows them to kick a game winning field goal to beat the Browns? Like those two things sort of, I think, sort of force that trade into existence. Um, And Seattle's going to be interesting because they have a really good defense up front. Uh, and the, the kid Witherspoon is amazing on the corner and now they get depth with Leonard Williams and, you know, Lamar Jackson's having an MVP type season. He really is. Um, he's finally sort of fully ensconced in that new offense under new offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin, which is a, a little less dependent on uh, tight ends and running backs coming out and, and catching passes. Although Mark Andrews is still one of the best tight ends in football, but they found something in this kid, a flowers, the rookie out of uh, the wide receiver out of uh, Boston college and Lamar is really conducting the offense. Like, it's, it's kind of like watching a symphony. You know, he's moving everything in the right direction. Then once in a while, he'll make a Lamar Jackson play, much in the same way Mahomes has to make a Patrick Mahomes-type play. Their defense is stout, too. That's a real, real heavyweight battle. And uh, it, that one's going to be fun to watch.
0: We are previewing uh, the NFL weekend with Trey Wingle, Richard Deitz, John Shannon. This is the McCowan Podcast. Welcome back to the McCowan podcast. Trey Wingo joins Richard and me to discuss what's going on in the National Football League. Uh, we, we were talking about the Ravens before the uh, the break. Um, they're playing Seattle. I, I'm, I'm a doubting Thomas. I have been a doubting Thomas for years about Geno Smith. He still has done nothing to convince me that he's, a, he's in the upper echelon of quarterbacks. And yet Geno Smith you know, this year keeps on winning.
3: Yeah. You know, there was nothing that should have convinced you about Gino Smith prior to last season. Let, let's, let's be honest. Um, right. You know, you know, and and for me, I, I was happy for Gino last year. Cause you know, he won the comeback player of the year award and people are like, what did he come back from? I'm like sucking. Okay. He came back from <laughs> sucking. Okay. Like it's, to me, it's much easier to be a really good player, have an injury and come back and be a really good player again than it is to be a really terrible player. And then suddenly be a good player. I mean, like, Think about the depths of Geno Smith's career. In New York, where he was the second round pick a few a few years ago, he was so disliked that his own teammate punched him in the jaw and broke his jaw. I.K. Ipanala, who then went to the Buffalo Bills. Okay, like that's how bad it was. He got punched out in his own locker room by his own teammate, okay? You never want that situation, especially with your starting quarterback. So, from Geno to go to there to where he was last year and where he is this year, and he's it hasn't been as smooth this year as it was last year. But he, he has put his team in position to win a lot of games, and they've mm-hmm. done that. You know, they they had the big quality win against uh, Detroit in Week Two. Uh, he's had a couple of setbacks, but they're right where they need to be in a very competitive NFC West, with with suddenly San Francisco faltering, having lost three straight.
1: What do you think of the Niners? And do you think um, that this is just sort of a rough stretch in terms of injuries? Uh, because, you know, a couple of weeks ago – sorry for the external noise
3: there. A couple of weeks ago,
1: um, you know, people were saying this is the best team in the NFL, and it is not the best yeah. team in the NFL right now.
3: Well, yeah, they they have all the same players, and they got they got Chase Young now. And so the issue is, well, the only thing that's changed, as we talked about when you were away for a second, was was the, the coaching. Steve Wilkes is now the defensive coordinator, and it is not uh, – D'Amico Ryan's. And when all the players stay the same and suddenly you're not having the same results, they're going to change his coaching. You know, that's where players talk and they know. So uh, I think they got to get this thing figured out. They have their bye week to get. I'm not worried about Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy's going to be fine. You're not, you're not, that was my You're not concerned about Purdy? Not concerned about Purdy. I think Purdy's going to be just fine. He had a listen. Yeah. Look, Peyton Manning once went three games in 2010 where he threw 11 interceptions in three games, four, four, and three, all losses. You know Patrick Mahomes a couple of years ago. Oh, he's turning the ball over so much. The shit is hard, and sometimes it yeah. goes sideways. You know, uh, like for example, one of those interceptions against the Vikings. Uh, that their offense is based on the timing and rhythm. He's thrown to a spot, right? And uh, I think it was uh, Juwan Jennings got rerouted a little bit, and it looked like mm-hmm. he was throwing it right to the Vikings defender because the Viking defender was five yards past where he expected Juwan Jennings to be. But Jennings got rerouted, so he was throwing it on timing release, and the guy got rerouted. He just couldn't get to the spot. Um, you know, some of those interceptions weren't great, but I'm not, I'm not too concerned about Purdy. I, 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 I'd need to see a complete and utter failure for him with Debo Samuel back in the lineup with Trent Williams and all that kind of stuff for, for me to be really concerned about Brock. Can you, uh, can you explain
0: to me the magic of Mike Tomlin, Trey? I mean, there
3: they are again. Yeah. Well, this it's crazy. First of all, he's never had a losing season. And people always say, well, why is that a big deal? Everybody has a losing season. Bill Belichick's in the middle of a terrible losing season. Bill Belichick lost games, lost losing had losing seasons in Cleveland. Nobody has ever gone this long in their career and never had a losing season. And they rise to the occasion. Pittsburgh is 28 and eight all time in home primetime games under Mike Tomlin. Uh, they are five and0 this year in in one score games. They're like the guy at a party. Where if he doesn't lead by ten, he's sleeping on your couch. Like you can't get rid of him. Okay, he's, they're just going <laughs> to hang around. They've out in those five wins, they've outscored the the opposition forty two to eleven in in the fourth quarter. Look, their offense right. is not good. Kenny Pickett is not great. Um, he's getting a little better, but it hasn't been good. You know, they have all kinds of issues. He had on one. He had play. one good drive last night. He had one good drive. But that's what they seem to do every game. I mean, like, they are amazing. They're 5-0 and in those one-score games. Um, they they just hang around. And if they hang around, they're going to find a way to win, especially at home. And Mike Tomlin is a guy – you know, there, there are two kinds of coaches for me in the NFL. There's X's and O guys, and there's uh, there's motivational guys. I could listen to Mike Tomlin at an insurance seminar, and I would be enthralled. <laughs> you know, I love his approach. Players love him. They love that about him. And, uh, you know, he he doesn't shy away from anything. I think I think he's just he's he's a guy that players believe in and they think sincerely about. I want
1: to ask you one thing off the um, sort of off the playing field at the moment, and that's the NFL and when it comes to uh, players gambling. Yeah. And what's interesting there is that you know, listen, the um, the NFL has embraced gambling. They take big sponsorship. Uh, this podcast has a gambling sponsorship. Trey, you're involved with gambling companies, so like yeah. it is what it is. Like that, that yeah. this is part of the world. But where it gets a little tricky I think for players is that um you know you're you're all in on sort of the financial element of this but it becomes a little tricky in terms of like what players can do and where they can do it. So it's sort of like you know the idea that like um you can separate like you know using a DraftKings app let's say like not on the playing facility or not at the uh the compound but you can yeah. do it at your house. You know what I mean it gets into these weird areas and so far the NFL has been able to navigate it, but I, I mean, I'm not saying I expect this, but you know, you're always like one massive gambling like scandal away from like really serious trouble.
3: No, you are. And, and oh, let me close the screen real quick. around that...
1: It's
0: a real problem when you have to trade and go from, uh, from Maui and the sun's I like in the the way. background though. You have the oars oh, yeah. there. That's, that's, that's very good. I like that. You know, he's 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 one of those guys he gets you know, and, and the matter the magic of modern technology by the way it's a miracle to, that this uh,
1: podcast is even existing, depending on I'm giving everything that's yeah, you see heart. you don't you're not hearing it, the, uh, you're, not hearing the uh, you're not hearing the TTC bus. No, me. don't you
0: listen, you see, here's the thing, Richard. If we don't mention it, nobody notices. You know, that's nah, the magic no. of that's the magic of of that's our a producer business, talking no i'm telling you right now i mean it's half the time people say well i'm sorry you heard that and you're saying you heard what you know and then and then we've drawn attention to it that's
1: don't don't, don't draw attention
0: to it nobody knows
1: i love external sound on my podcast but i will say this you do hear from listeners if like something is a little bit off like they can tell when you're taping via like uh zoom link as opposed and not like really edited clean as opposed to uh you know a real like professional studio so you know the podcast game. Well, there is a little bit of an expectation. There he's back.
0: Well, there you go. go. Sorry uh, about see, that. And we see we didn't know he had gone. You and I were talking, and they, now you've said. Right, now yeah. we I, realize has I gone. That's
1: right. It, it, see, me,
0: it, this is a smoke and mirrors business. Trey Wingo knows Trey that. Knows, this uh, is a smoke Trey, and mirrors, Trey, mirrors, Trey, and mirrors yeah, business. Yeah, he knows
3: all about that. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so to the to the gambling point, right? First of all, I think it's clear to point that the one thing has never changed: the NFL's policy. You can't gamble. You can't gamble on football so that that part of it has has been constant it hasn't changed now obviously with the partnerships uh you know they're going to let you gamble on other things and you're right do it you can't do it at the facility but you you can do it at home that i mean okay i guess but that seems somewhat arbitrary right either you either you do it or you don't do it uh i don't i I agree with you that that seems a little we're, we're splitting a hair there which i don't quite understand that's a,
0: but that's an optics thing, Trey. Right? That that yeah. pure, pure and simple. That's just optics.
3: A- absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's other, like it's like. Thing, I was going to say it's like, yeah, don't look over here. Just look over here. You no, know? yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so
1: now, the other thing, Trey, I want to ask him, and we'll probably have you back on before this happens, but I will say this: like the league is going to be in such a fascinating position in, in a positive way as we get closer to the Super Bowl. Because Vegas is going to be an incredible location for this. Like that city is the perfect city for like um, tourism and like you know spending the week. Like like if you were going to ask me what would be the best city to hold a Super Bowl week, let's forget about the game itself, but the week leading up to it, that would have been my pick. And they finally get to see what happens now.
3: Yeah, it's it's and it's fast. Amazing how quickly it changed. I think it was 2010 or 2011. Tony Romo was barred from holding a fantasy football convention in a Vegas right. hotel, and now we have the Vegas Raiders. We have the draft there, the Super Bowl there. It, I look, One thing I appreciate about this is we're not we're not pretending anymore. Why does the why does the point spread exist? The point spread exists, so nobody has inside information. Why do we do the injury reports? The injury reports exist, so nobody has inside information, right? That The whole thing, the reason you do the injury reports is so Vegas can set the line, so everybody has the same information, and there's not a tidbit of some information that somebody knows that nobody else knows. We've been doing this forever. We're just open and honest about it now, which I think is kind of refreshing.
0: Well, that, I mean – to be able to look out the front door and say, Yeah, hey, come on in and enjoy it. That's uh, yeah. it, and, and in the end, let's face it, the leagues are better off for it as well. It's not just yeah. the fan, the leagues are better for it because
3: they're actually able to generate more revenue out of it, correct? Yeah, and they can police it better, like you know, you. Richard. Yeah. Richard, I know you're a big tennis fan. There was a there was a tennis betting scandal a few years ago that yep. some guy in a you know qualifying mini tournament somewhere. should have beaten this guy, the doors off him, but this other guy won and they traced it back through the betting apps to find out where the action was coming from. It, it literally, when it's upfront like this and you're in partnership with these things, you can track this stuff better. So it doesn't come back to bite you in the ass.
1: A thousand percent. I I do think, I will say that the fact that it's um, it's now so commercialized and so known, I, I do think if you're in the NFL, you have a much better chance of, Let's not say preventing scandal, but mitigating. Like you, you, yeah. you may be able to find out very, very quickly. And I'm with you, Trana. You know that that tennis scandal was essentially a singular operator. Forgot what country he was in, but some you yeah. know, sort of some country, wherever, like Europe somewhere, was just basically paying very low level tennis players not yeah. a ton of money to throw a set or two. Um Correct. That that would almost be, I guess you say never say never, but it would seem very, very hard. I think for that to happen in the NFL, it, it would. I, would I think it's Eventually yeah. figured out. Yeah, I agree. Uh,
0: be- before we let you go, a couple of key questions. First of all, we've talked about good teams, impressive teams. Is there somebody that jumps out and says, "I can't believe they're this bad"? Giants.
3: <laughs> Giants. Giants. They were on a playoff team a year ago, and they've just—they're an unmitigated disaster. Okay, against the Jets. Now, granted, there was. Uh, uh, I think an extra from The Sopranos playing quarterback Tommy DeVito by the by the end of the game. They did. It. They wouldn't let him throw the ball. They had they, they had they had seven receiving yards and minus nine passing yards in that game. Okay, <laughs> now I get it. You're on your third quarterback. I understand that, but this was a playoff team from a year ago that cannot get out of their own way. Dayball makes an inexcusable decision to not go for the first down and just win the game right there. They miss it. It was shorter than an extra point. Okay, it was a 25-yard field goal that, that would have made sure that that game didn't go to overtime where they could possibly lose it. The the Giants stink. They are a terrible football team. Nothing is right. And this guy was the toast of the league and the toast of New York last year. They've got to figure it out fast. And finally, uh, we, we've mentioned off the top of the show that you
0: uh, you live in Hawaii. You live yeah. on Maui. Uh, I have spent many. I think my I, I count my trips to, to Lahaina and Kanapali at 25 over the, my my life and my career. Um, it is one of the great places of our world. And yeah. how 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 is the island doing? And uh, and how can we help?
3: I, I appreciate that wearing the hat Lahaina strong Maui strong. Um, the island itself is is wonderful and it's flourishing. Lahaina obviously is devastated um, and it's going to take years to figure out. And it's not just the tourism in Lahaina. Lahaina was basically one of the cultural centers of the Hawaiian kingdom. You know, when King Kamehameha was was ruling the kingdom, that was the capital. There was so much history in that town. So much is one of the most multicultural cities anywhere where all these cultures blended together. Um, it's going to take a long, long time. They hope to have the harbor cleaned up by the end of December. Things are opening up on the west side again, and, and that's good. But it's going to be a long process to get Lahaina back to where it was and make sure that the, the people that live there have a place to go. And, and so uh, one way you can help, uh, maounitedway.org is a great place to donate. Uh, Hawaii org is another one where uh, proceeds to go directly to, to victims uh, of the fire. Um, it's, it's, it's sad to drive by it every time basically Mm behind is shut down, uh, until they can get things cleaned up and start going there. I know friends of ours that lost everything. Um, but it will, it will come back. It's just going to be a process. It is one of the, uh, places
0: of paradise, uh, uh, in this world. Yeah. And, uh, I'm the one thing I can assure you of Trey is that you, you can't go 17 feet without seeing a Canadian
2: uh, <laughs> that is very true uh, <laughs> on,
0: uh, on, on Maui. So anyway, mahalo. All right.
3: Thank you guys. Appreciate you.
0: Trey Wingle from Maui. This is the McCowan podcast. Richard and I back after this, Richard, we, uh, we do this podcast every day, and we should uh, take some time to uh, mention uh, uh, Trey's uh, podcast as well, which is Chasing It with Chase Daniel and Trey Wingo. Uh, that is, uh, uh, I guess it's it started j- just before the NFL season started this year, and it's got great traction. If you're an NFL fan, you must love it. That's Chasing It with Chase Daniel and Trey Wingo on most podcast platforms, just like we are.
1: Yeah, and, and Trey's got, you know, he's got a couple other things going. He's, he does a podcast with Mark Schlereth, his longtime buddy at ESPN. So, you know, again, he's one of these guys who's very prominent in the, um, in the NFL space. And the thing I like about Trey, it's the same thing I like about Booger McFarlane and some of these other people that we've had. They They're so invested in the sport that you name a game or a team and they could literally go 30 minutes on that particular team.
0: You know, one of the key things in our business, and when you sit with with people who uh, do the hiring and the, the, the firing and talk about player evaluation or broadcaster evaluation, can a guy hit the curveball? Well, I'll tell you what, Trey Wingo can hit the curveball all day long. And that was a fun lesson. Yeah, great. Thanks for this, Richard. Thanks for the week. Thank you, John. That's Richard Dykes. I'm John Shannon. McCowan Podcast continues next week. Darren Millard from Las Vegas joins us to host on a hockey week. Have a great weekend, folks.